Saranac Lake, where people with TB went to breathe the air. This is the Historian's Podcast, and I'm Bob Cudmore. We welcome Amy Catania to the program. Thanks for joining us, Amy. Thanks so much for having me, Bob. Amy Catania is in her 11th year, if I've done the addition correctly, uh, as executive director of Historic Saranac Lake, a nonprofit organization dedicated to the preservation of the history and architectural heritage of the Saranac Lake area of New York State in the Adirondacks. I want to ask you about the history of uh, this phenomenon. Who was Dr. E.L. Trudeau, and what did he create in Saranac Lake? Oh, we talk, we talk an awful lot about Dr. Trudeau at our museum. Um, he, um, he came to the Adirondacks as a young doctor um, from New York City in the 1870s, um, sick with tuberculosis, which, you know, at that time was killing one in seven people. So it was a huge public health problem, um, kind of, uh, in a way, dwarfs what we're facing today, if we can imagine that. Um, and uh, he... Um, eventually settled here, feeling he, he came to believe that the, the Adirondack climate was important for his health, that it was beneficial. Um, so he settled in Saranac Lake and established the first uh, successful sanatorium in the country for the treatment of tuberculosis. Um, mm. So that was, you know, really what put Saranac Lake on the map and, and made, over time, we grew to be um, a community that cared for tuberculosis patients for some time. Hmm. What was the Rabbit Island experiment? Ah, the Rabbit Island experiment. Um, that was a very early experiment in, in Trudeau's time here. It was even before um, he had started the sanatorium. Um, he had, you know, had come to believe that um, the the climate in the Adirondacks was was good for his for for beneficial for his health. Um, and wanted to do an, an experiment to, to see if he could, you know, test that theory. So um, he, it, it actually involved three groups of rabbits, which is somewhat confusing. We, we, when we talk about this with school children, we tend to focus in on, on the two main groups. Um, one group, you know, both groups were infected with the tuberculosis bacillus. Um, one group he um, kept in conditions sort of similar to what, um, people at that time were experiencing in, in the cities and tenements. You know, they were in a, in a box with very little food and water and um, sunlight, fresh air, exercise, all the things that, um, you know, uh, are beneficial for the immune system. The other group of rabbits he infected with the, with the bacteria, but he set them free on an island um, near Saranac Lake here out at Paul Smith's on Upper St. Regis Lake. Um, and then he went back and, and you know, uh, studied the two groups, and um, lo and behold, the group that had been, you know, in the uh, box, um, of course, did not do so well. All but one were dead of tuberculosis, and the group on the island had um, really flourished and, um, you know, had all but one of them had no signs of tuberculosis in their bodies. So, um, you know, Trudeau wrote up the experiment, um, published it, and it really, you know, kind of demonstrated that that what he was doing in Saranac Lake um, was, uh, you know, uh, really a hope for the disease. Hmm. Don't want to jump too far ahead in the story, but ultimately, in America anyway, tuberculosis gets treated by antibiotic drugs, does it not? Right. Yep. Yep. So it's, it's uh, you know, a really difficult um, 
uh, germ to kill. Um, it's not easy to grow in a laboratory. It's not, you know, not easy to uh, to uh, get rid of it. it. It grows very slowly. And um, so it took a while to, to perfect the uh, cocktail of drugs that was um, effective against tuberculosis. So it wasn't until, like, the um, really the early 50s that... Um, mm-hmm. TB was able to be treated at home just with drugs, and, you know, people no longer had the need to come to a sanatorium. Has anybody contradicted what Dr. Trudeau found in the Rabbit Island experiment? No, you know, I wouldn't say. Um, I think what he was showing was um, the, really the power of the human immune system, or in, in that case, the rabbit immune system as well, um, <laughs> that, you know, uh, the tuberculosis, the uh, Many people's immune systems are able to um, really, you know, handle the tuberculosis germ and not not develop active infection or are able to fight off the infection. Um, and so, anything that can um, improve the immune system is only is only good for for you know a patient. So, rest, fresh air, um, high high quality food, high calorie food, um, even even um, the idea of um, boosting a person's um, spirits and their and their you know sense their mental health as well. All of those things we now know you know are important for for a, a person who's struggling with disease. Um, mm-hmm. So you know he was on to something for sure. They they called what they did in um, or, or did they call what they did at Saranac Lake the cure? It was this was called the cure. Well, you know it kind of it became it came to be known that over time. Um, you know, the, recently I looked back through Dr. Trudeau's autobiography, which he published, uh, was published just after his death, um, and he actually didn't use the word cure, but just a few times in the whole book. Um, so he didn't call, he didn't pretend that what he was doing was curing the patients. Um, uh, he knew that he was really sort of giving them the best chance to fight the disease as best as they could. Um, but it, it came to be known as the fresh air cure or curing. Um, it was sort of popularly called. And the, the act of curing was the act of mostly sitting out on the porches in the fresh air year-round, regardless of the, the temperature of the air. And that was, you know, that was considered curing or, or trying to get better from the disease. Hmm. And... and- when he started this, uh, and this kind of relates maybe to the the, the, uh, the issues or some of the issues with our current pandemic, when he started this, didn't he want to make it available to all? And he had contacted, I, I believe, his rich friends or something to contribute money so that uh, people uh, who didn't have the means to pay to go to Saranac Lake could be supported? Yeah, that was really his his first idea with the sanatorium, and and, and um, he you know knew that for him it was so beneficial to get out of the city, and he had actually come out to Paul Smith's hotel, um, and you know spent summers in the in the Adirondacks, and he wanted to um, you know provide that opportunity for people sick in the cities who weren't able to you know have, didn't have the money to do that. Um, so his first the first patients at the sanatorium, and that was actually started in 1884, so I, I misspoke a minute ago. The Rabbit Island experiment actually was a couple years after that, just when he was starting to grow his sanatorium. Um, but the first patients were um, uh, working, women who were work, factory girls who worked in the city who did, wouldn't have had the money to be able to come themselves, and they were sponsored by wealthy friends and, and uh, you know, other, he, Trudeau had connections with other doctors and, and wealthy people connected to the city. Um, and to Paul Smith's hotel. 
Um, you know, over time, the, the sanatorium grew and expenses grew. Um, you know, patients, his first, his hope had been to um, really treat people in the early stages of the disease to really arrest the, the, you know, progress of the disease, but that was not always effective. And so, um, you know, some people needed to stay for longer and sicker people started coming to Saranac Lake. Um, and the, just the overall care and the cost of care was increasing. And so over time, the, his dream of providing treatment for free um, really, um, you know, changed. And it became the Trudeau Sanatorium here in Saranac Lake in the village uh, really was uh, mainly treating middle class patients on a sliding scale, depending on what they could pay. Mm-hmm. And, and th- were there a variety of other sanatoriums in in Saranac Lake or just his? Yeah, well, you know, that to me is really one of the fascinating parts of the story is that it it wasn't just this one institution. You know, by the turn of the century, there were TB sanatoria all around the country, um, a lot in the southwest and in in much warmer and sunnier places than Saranac Lake. Um, But they tended to be, you know, single institutions sort of built outside of the population area, People were very um, separated from the community that that was nearby um, and almost quarantined there. Um, But here in Saranac Lake, the TB industry was really so much a part of the whole community. Um, And, you know, that TB patients were really were starting to come here before Trudeau established his sanatorium in 1884. Um, But then by the turn of the century here in Saranac Lake, there were there were patients coming um, to other large sanatoria that were built in the area, but also to private homes that were taking in patients. And they were uh, historic Saranac Lake um, years ago when, when we were first founded. One of the early projects was to do um, an inventory of the cure cottages in the village, the, the homes that took in patients. And over 700 local homes were counted as being places that took in TB patients. So they were really, you know, part of the community, which is, I think, really interesting. What was the role played by the state hospital at Raybrook? Mm-hmm. So Raybrook was the first state hospital in New York State, and I think it was the third in the country. So it was built right at the turn of the century for, to provide free care for um, TB patients. And uh, it was, a, you know, huge institution. It's now, now a prison, actually, um, that you know, had its own train station, and the patients just came right in and, um, you know, were cared for there. It was That really was like its own separate community in Raybrook. Hmm. Was that where you f- first studied? Because uh, reading about you, your background in, uh, when you were an academic was in, in studying uh, Hispanic culture. And they, they took, that's where the Spanish-speaking uh, patients, among others, uh, would go, Correct. Well, you know, the Spanish-speaking patient story is uh, really interesting to me. Um, there, there were a lot of Spanish-speaking patients at Braybrook um, a little bit later, but here in Saranac Lake there were ac- actually many that came and stayed in the Cure Cottages. Um, they were So I, I did a project early on um, when I was getting my master's, actually my master's in teaching because I was a Spanish teacher, so there was this overlap for me between uh, Latin American history and uh, Saranac Lake history. Um, but I did some research into the Spanish-speaking patients that were here, um, surveying. Um, there, there's some records um, on the TB patients in in the archive here at the Saranac Lake Free Library. They have a wonderful archive there. 
um, and I surveyed uh, the top hundred surnames of the Spanish of of, of uh, Spanish name, you know, Latin American surnames, mm-hmm. um, and found you know sort of created this database, and there were. Um, Hundreds and hundreds of patients from every country in Latin America was represented here, uh, mainly from Cuba and Puerto Rico, um, but other countries as well. And they, the, so those patients that were coming and staying at privately run cure cottages here were overall they were quite wealthy people who, um, you know, had the means to be able to come and stay for extended periods of time. Mm-hmm. But there, there were people. I mean, the, tuberculosis, like the coronavirus, uh, affected disproportionately the the poor. Did it not? Sure, it, it did absolutely. Um, you know, it, it's some of the same things that today are are really driving such a high incidence of coronavirus in, in poor communities. Or you know, the same things that were were and actually still are um, causing high incidences of TB in poor communities today. So. Um, you know, living in closed-in uh, closed environments, um, you know, it's mainly spread in interior spaces um, from family members. Um, so people who live in, you know, small cramped quarters, um, people who, you know, don't have access to good medical care, um, good treatment options, um, whose immune systems are worn down because of, you know, uh, poor nutrition, um, environmental conditions, all of those things. So it, it disproportionately affected poor and minority communities. Um, it, of course, poor and minority communities, um, you know, in the at the turn of the century, were were working in the homes of wealthy people, and so it was interestingly by, you know, once it was identified what caused tuberculosis and how ways that people could be kept safe from it, public health measures were instituted. And it became more to, came to be seen as a disease of the poor, um, but it was still a disease that was affecting the wealthy. So in Saranac Lake, there's an interesting mixture of wealthy people staying at very um, expensive places, and also middle class and, and poorer people that were coming as well. Hmm. You, you said uh, there came to be more, more knowledge of how TB spreads. How does it spread? It, is it is it like the virus? It spreads. Through the air from people who have uh, who have the disease. Yep, it's it's you know mainly spread when people cough. So it's mostly a disease of the lungs, and um, when people cough, the bacteria disperses, and um, you know that's how that's how it's it's uh, caught. You know the the mostly though it has it's caught um, it's caught when it's spread in interior spaces, and there's a really high load of the bacteria. So one of the things that um, was you know, a key part of the Saranac Lake treatment was being in the fresh air, keeping patients out on porches, um, even sleeping on porches. Um, so a lot of the people, one of the questions people ask at the museum is how would a community, um, you know, welcome in people who were sick with this very contagious and deadly disease? Um, weren't people afraid of it? Um, you know, wouldn't they want to stay away from it? And it definitely was a disease that had a lot of stigma um, and, and fear surrounding it. Um, but in Saranac Lake, it was a little bit different because a lot of the people who had come here and really were, you know, working in the TB industry were people who had um, originally come because of their own case of TB or somebody in their family. So they mm-hmm. didn't have the same, um, you know, they had had some familiarity with it. They didn't have the same fear and stigma. But they also were working with the patients almost entirely out in these porches, um, 
well-ventilated spaces. And so, um, you know, that, that really did keep the people who were the caregivers um, pretty safe from the germ. Mm-hmm. Amy Catania is with us, Executive Director of Historic uh, Saranac Lake. Well, um, we're recording this in uh, mid-June. Actually, our debut date is in uh, late and later in July. Do, uh, you've been closed because of the pandemic, as I understand it. Um, do you expect to be open uh, by into when you know July rolls around? Well, you know, we're watching it closely. We're we're be, we're trying to do what we can to prepare for that um, if it happens. But um, I think there are a lot of questions. Um, you know about about where things are headed. So um, we're 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 trying not to worry too much about that. And and you know it, it, it's 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 very interesting to um, see all these parallels between the way the world is um, dealing with the coronavirus today and and you know the things that we talk about in our museum and our history. So we're actually very excited to reopen the museum because um, I think there's new relevance and new interest in infectious disease and um, the way the way pandemics are, are managed and um, so we have we see a lot of parallels and we actually are really excited to develop kind of a new layer of interpretation that helps people connect our history to the, their experience um, with the current pandemic so we hope to reopen soon to be able to do that. Mm. The, were you from Saranac Lake originally? No, I moved here about 20 years ago. Um, I, I was actually originally from um, the Los Angeles area, um, which has its own TB history. It was actually one of the things that put Los Angeles, California on the map was uh, tuberculosis, um, you know, as a tuberculosis sanatorium area. So, um, but eventually through many um stopping stopping and starting in different places i ended up in saranac lake and i've i've been here for the last 20 years or so and uh historic saranac lake can you describe what is it or what what facilities do you have you have a museum we do so historic saranac lake was founded um in 1980 as an architectural preservation organization um, and uh, we did a lot of work over the years um, with the National Register nominations. Um, there's about 230 local properties and districts in Saranac Lake that are on the National Register, which is just, I think, a really neat thing. Um, and then um, about 25 years ago, Historic Saranac Lake um, acquired the Saranac Laboratory, and that is, uh, was established by Dr. Trudeau in 1884, I'm sorry, 1894, I'm getting my, my decades wrong, um, for the study of tuberculosis. Um, and so this, this is the, really the first um, laboratory built in the United States for the study of TB. And we um, did a lot of work to re- restore the building, and we opened it in uh, 2008 um, as a museum. Hmm. Um, we also just acquired, last year, we acquired the neighboring building, which was Trudeau's home and medical office and we are working mm-hmm. to restore the building and open that as a, uh, open it soon as a two building museum campus that interprets the the story of the Saranac Lake region so the the Saranac Lake um, tuberculosis treatment places they closed in the 1950s all at once or did they do it over time or how'd that work over time they closed um, you know the, the industry was really sort of uh, going downhill in, in by the 40s, 
Um, the Trudeau Sanatorium closed in 1954, and then some of the other institutions kind of held on for a little longer, you know, kind of repurposing as um, caring for other pe- people with other lung diseases. Um, the um, Will Rogers Hospital, which was a facility for um, people in vaudeville and entertainment industry, um, that one held on a little longer but closed a little bit later than the sanatorium. But, yeah, by the, you know, by the 60s, um, it was it was over. <laughs> and uh, Saranac Lake has been, you know, really working ever since to sort of figure out a way to repurpose some of those big facilities and, um, you know, uh, mm-hmm. also the cure cottages, which were, you know, many buildings that were built for um, more than just a single-family home. So finding a way to, you know, uh, really, you know, repurpose those buildings has been a, has been a challenge. But TB is still with us, right? I mean, uh, certainly, if not so much in America, although I really don't know, but it's certainly around the world. Yeah, it really, it, it's a major public health problem around the world. And, you know, I, we've, we've been doing some articles um, really, you know, comparing our local history and drawing it to, the, to present times. And uh, one of those articles a few weeks ago we did on um, public health and really looking at, you know, how um, the coronavirus is affecting people differently depending on their socioeconomic um, status. And um, it was shocking to me to, real, to, to see the statistic that in 2018, a million and a half people in the world died of tuberculosis. So you compare that, I mean, that was in 2018 that many people died. Um, it's, it's amazing that it's still with us. And in this country, you know, we tend to think that, oh, it's not a problem anymore because you just take antibiotics. Um, but in developing countries and countries where there's high incidence of HIV, um, it's really come back with a vengeance, and now there's, um, you know, huge problems with drug-resistant tuberculosis, which is much harder to treat, and there are fewer drugs to treat it. Um, so there, there's a lot of concern now, too, with coronavirus really, um, you know, disrupting the programs that have been working to, to treat and prevent tuberculosis in those places. So it's definitely a concern. Um, the exciting thing here in Saranac Lake is that we have Trudeau Institute, um, which is really the, the uh, modern offshoot of the laboratory that Trudeau established um, in 1894. It's still here in Saranac Lake today and still doing research on infectious disease and um, the immune system, and there's a scientist still at work in Saranac Lake researching tuberculosis. So the history really? continues. Yeah. yeah. Um, also... Something completely different in a way. I recall you bringing up architecture. Was there a certain style to these uh, cottages that were, were the homes for some of the people with TB? You know, it's a it's a mi- a big mixture and hodgepodge of styles. The the thing that really makes a cure cottage a cure cottage is a porch. And so, um, if you look closely at many of the old homes pretty much all of the old homes of Saranac Lake, um, you will find a porch on them. And those, you know, that was a place where a patient was was sitting out to take the fresh air. So over the years, you know, many of them have been, you know, poorly restored or removed as they've aged, but we still have um, many um, enclosed or partially enclosed porches that were cure porches of Saranac Lake. And they're built, They, you know, some houses were 
built with them as part of the plans. Some of the porches are integrated into the design of the house, and others were added onto the houses to take in more patients and make a little more money. So it's a really interesting um, feature of the architecture of Saranac Lake. And it's actually a feature that you see, you know, in other places, too. You know, sleeping out mm-hmm. porches were um, very popular, um, you know, in the early part of the 1900s. They became increasingly popular through the 20s and 30s. Um, and you see them in Saratoga. You see them in Lake Placid, T- Tupper Lake. Um, you know, you see them in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. And b- b- before we run out of time, uh, whether you're open or not, let's hope you will be open. Uh, you have a website, I'm sure. What is your website? We do. It's historicsaranaclake.org. And right there on the front page of the website, we have all sorts of things that um, are available online while we're closed. So we have um, virtual tours. Um, we have some uh, oral history. We have an active oral history project. So we have um, a lot of oral history um, snippets that we're putting on there. Um, a lot of other things that we're doing. So, so, you know, there's there's a lot to see and do with Ser- historic Saranac Lake, even from home. And I'd mentioned to you before we started that uh, my some of my elders worked in a TB sanatorium mm-hmm. in the 30s and 1930s and 1940s. And, and this is where it's kind of familiar to me from living in the Capital District of New York. I know that uh, Schenectady County had a sanatorium, but this was the sanatorium in Montgomery County um, on Swart Hill in the town of uh, Amsterdam. And my uncle on my mother's si- side, who had married my mother's sister, I believe he had had TB at one time and recovered and ended up working at the at the sanatorium. But it was, um, you know, quite a, a big facility uh, and my uncle and my aunt, who had both worked there, took the last patients and took them somewhere else when they closed the uh, the sand, as they called it, in uh, in Montgomery County. I familiar is that what they did, like like after World War II, or as the ramp up to uh, the antibiotic cure is coming? Well, yeah, you know the the sanatorium start, sanatorium started losing. Um, patients, you know, once the antibiotics were available, for sure. Um, the, the first, you know, the first treatment with streptomycin was um, just like a miracle cure. And it was, you know, we have these accounts from patients that had been bedridden for years. And the streptomycin was just like, you know, that within a few days, they were, you know, walking around and feeling so much better. Um, one of the things that happened with streptomycin, though, is that um, it on its own, um, at, at too high of a dose, could cause deafness and um, drug resistance could set in as well. So it took a it took a while to develop a cocktail of drugs that was able to treat treat the disease. Um, but yeah, the you know the, there were sanatoria all around the country um, that that you know closed when once the medical treatment was available. It was a big mm. change for everybody. The one memory that my mother had, which is not maybe something people will be glad I brought up, was that all and they most of the patients I think were men, and they had these cups that they used for their sputum, as she called them. Yep. Yes, that we know all about sputum cups. We talk about those a lot at, at our museum. So yeah, that was a. There were different kinds of sputum cups, um, and there were there were even these 
like fancy ones that women had that um, had like jewels on them and oh, um, little little screw tops, really fancy little things. But um, where you know spitting was something that people who were you know had very infected lungs they 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 coughed a lot and they you know they produced this gross stuff and um, you know it was very important not to spit on the sidewalks and. Saranac Lake actually had a, had the earliest health code about spitting on the sidewalks um, that you would get fined if you did that. So, um, you know, it was important to spit into the sputum cup, and uh, it's interesting that that you that you know that story too. Amy Catania, executive director of Historic Saranac Lake, a nonprofit organization dedicated to the preservation of the history and architectural heritage of the Saranac Lake area of New York State in the Adirondacks. This has been the Historian's Podcast, and I'm Bob Cudmore. You can support the Historian's Podcast with a donation to our GoFundMe campaign. You'll find a link on our website, bobcudmore.com, or send a check made out to Bob Cudmore to 125 Horseman Drive, Scotia, New York, 12302.